It's all fun and games until someone pops a vocal cord trying to imitate Nathan Queen on the Fish Golf Broadcast. On this episode of the Fish Golf Broadcast, I sat down with Gavin Rathbun. Gavin, what you thinking about? Man, we just finished our round out here in uh, Flagstaff today uh-huh. and shot pretty well, so I'm having a good time. It's my cat's birthday, so it's just an automatic good day. Tell me about that. How, how did you establish that it was your cat's birthday, and why do you celebrate that? Um, our cats are our babies, for sure. They're like kids, pretty much, to us, so I'm hopefully in the future going to have a kid and definitely going to celebrate his birthday. Cinco de Mayo just happened to be an easy day to remember and yeah definitely he was born about a week or so in the in the realm of Cinco de Mayo <laughs> so just easy to remember okay uh and how are you going to celebrate your cat's birthday my girlfriend Destiny loves getting tacos and she's gonna drink a margarita tonight for sure and what does the cat get treats and a new brush okay that's pretty good I, yeah. I feel like if you gave a cat a margarita it wouldn't take much <laughs> no no <laughs> Um, I, I do question the judgment of going to like a place that serves tacos and margaritas on Cinco de Mayo. It feels like you're just asking to stand in line. I definitely warned Destiny about that. (laughs) (laughs) But committed to the idea. Committed. Okay. And how many years have you done this same plan? Oh, at least a, I mean, Destiny traveled with me last year. So we did it last year. Before that, I've always been on the road. So I'm not sure I haven't quite done it every year but she does for sure so probably since he was born he's turned five today well that's a fun tradition yeah uh i guess cinco de mayo and is turning cinco yeah Um, golden birthday yeah there you go uh what other whatever uh so you know how like board games there's always household rules where you know if you roll something you have to go back to zero uh what other what are uh your van holds rules Oh, man. Or or other things you celebrate. Other things that I celebrate? Yeah, like are there are there other made up holidays? Uh I don't think we have very many. Obviously my cat Bentley's birthday. But no, not much. I mean it's like a holiday whenever I shoot a good disc golf tournament or around, <laughs> so maybe you can count that. Uh I would encourage you to have as many holidays as possible then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that's the goal. Yeah. Um so as you mentioned, you've been on the road a couple of years. Can you tell me what it's been like to go back to places, uh, courses that you've played before when you have changed as a person or your game has changed or you've added a different skill? So I have one good example, but it doesn't qualify for every course. My home course, Eagle Ridge in Oswego, Illinois, mm-hmm. it seems like I go there about once a year now and I have for the past five years since I moved to Florida I get there about once a year every single year it feels shorter like even it looks shorter it feels shorter the shots are almost coming slightly easier Uh even though I used to play it every day of the week probably multiple rounds a day but now it's just show up a year later and things just get closer I don't know maybe I'm getting a little better uh, that feels like a reasonable assessment. I doubt it's shrinking. Um, 
are, are, what kinds of shots have you added to your game since you started playing on tour? The biggest one for me is a roller. Okay. I have a very confident roller. I feel like I get a lot of exciting like uh, bonus birdies with a roller. Mm-hmm. And then also, I've really developed a sidearm more than ever before I started traveling. Okay. And uh, is, that, is that something that you knew you were going to do? Or was there a, a course or a shot or a, a hole that made you develop that forehand or that roller? As the tour has progressed, I feel like the course is just call for long distance short ceilings or just weird angles that my sidearm can't get to and it's just a very challenging backhand turnover shot so i love throwing a disc straight up and down will definitely (laughs) miss more trees than a disc flying flat that i mean that's the power of positive thinking too right right? (laughs) Uh, that's the same as trees are 90 percent air i'm just gonna riff that yeah yeah i guess okay uh are there any particular skills that you are working on in 2023 that, you know, a course or a hole exposed in your game? My backhand upshots with just putters, throwing a disc less than 200 feet backhand. I'm almost, I'd call it 99% I throw sidearms for upshots. Even if I had to throw turnover sidearm, I'd choose that rather than a 180 foot small hyzer backhand. At- you're not the only one on tour who does that. I've but. noticed a few people. I can't really specifically say it right now. I know my good buddy, Ian Burchett. Mm-hmm. He, we grew up playing together, so he's a lot like that, where he just kind of chooses the sidearm over yeah. any other upshot. I know I know Uliberry's the same. Oh, he yeah, uses yeah. the forehand for everything. Uh, my buddy, Matt Hammerston in Virginia. I've heard of he, him. He just won't throw the backhand. He just crams a forehand anywhere yeah. he can inside 200. That's what so. I try to do. Uh, Even when it doesn't make sense, like there's a bigger backhand gap, I'll still just try to s- squeeze the sidearm. What What about it? Is it fewer just, moving parts or? Yeah, I've I've never once tried to throw a standstill. Like before a couple of years ago, uh-huh. never attempted it. Like ever. <laughs> it would always just be a small little one step. And I don't know. It's just a hard distance to control for me. I'd rather throw something 230 feet that's probably my number anything under 230 feet backhand i just hate huh i that's very interesting to me because i've always wanted to just throw that backhand up shot right (laughs) i've seen it on video for years throw the putter let it come in soft (laughs) yeah um but I, i think i also have gravitated towards forehands because especially on slopes oh yeah it's a lot easier to you know do a small weight shift and throw that rather than having to load up the backside of the backhand. Um, that that's pretty neat, uh, to, to just hear your process for, you know, developing new shots. Yeah. That's the most important one in my arsenal this year. Um, my backhand's been a little off, so just kind of backhand in general, get in the timing. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think it, it's difficult sometimes to manage learning new skills while keeping the ones that you already rely on yeah. well dialed in. Uh, it's kind of like you build this big toolbox, but then you got to lug it around with you and practice all the things <laughs> yes, in sir. it. Uh, how, how do you manage that? Um, 
I guess a lot of field work. I don't like playing courses. I hate going out and practicing courses because there's no point. I mean, the shapes of the shots that you're practicing in the field are exactly what you need at any given time on a course. And okay. Especially like uh, where we played today, Throat or what's it called? Thorpe Park Thorpe in Flagstaff, Arizona. And uh, it's a guy on my card mentioned it. He said, you know, I've played here over 100 times. And I almost never play a hole the same way because he's hitting a tree and, you know, you're just not going to land in the same spot a lot. Do you think that's the case with all courses? Uh, Like, I think there are some more open courses where you can replicate. On tour, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's why I still have to go and play the practice round. I might not always want to. I'd rather just go out into the field and throw my bag a few times. But, yeah, I'd agree. More open, a little bit more repetitive Mm-hmm. I'd say. Do you, I know that you've dabbled in course design a little bit in Florida. Uh, do you feel like there's, uh, do you want people to be able to show up and see a course for the first time and know what they have to do? Or do you want them to have to get practice rounds in no, and, you, and you di- want them diagnose to have practice for sure? Okay. I mean, if you can show up to a course and just go like really shredder on it, <laughs> it's probably not the best, which I will take a little bit of blame the course that i designed in florida bennett park Mm -hmm. in um bradenton it if the tour came through and not a single person practiced it people would shred it they would i made it into like a a a, this doesn't sound great but i made it into like a huge practice field for me okay like shots that i love practicing is kind of how we Went about, uh, honestly, a couple of the holes. Alex Russell and my buddy Ryan and locals had a lot of influence because I was having surgery at the time that the course was getting put in and the the park district didn't okay every single thing that we did. But on a few of the holes still today that are out there, we found out where we wanted the tee pad. I threw my shot and we we quite literally put the basket very close to some of those. That's a very 1992 I, way of designing yeah, something. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> um, but sometimes like that's what the land offers, you know, you, you need to. For sure. Yeah. We were to trying use... to make it as hard as possible with limited trees. Right. And a few options of water. N- not a whole lot of elevation change either. Not, so like, not in Florida, you can just, yeah. no, you can see what you have to do. Exactly. Huh. Um, so on tour, we've gravitated towards lots of golf course, hybrid courses or temporary setups, uh, that, that generally tend to be open. How do you show up and practice those courses? If at all, like what's a typical week look like for, for your van hold? Okay. So usually Mondays are off days. Mental Health Monday. I don't pick up a disc. I don't put a disc. I don't mm-hmm. anything. Tuesday and Wednesday, I like, depending on the course. So like Jonesboro last weekend. Yeah. I practiced it one time and I was not going to go out there again to practice it. I mean, I've played the course enough and it's open enough. The shots are wind really is what changes that course, I feel like. So I did a lot more field work last week and just dialing in my disc and my form rather than going out and playing a practice round and if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, what about when, when there's a new course on tour or your first time going to a stop, does that change the process? 
for sure. I get it's kind of going against what I said earlier, but I definitely get more than one practice round in mm-hmm. just to see the variables and I try to play out as many shots as I can cuz scrambling is a huge deal nowadays. Like scrambling is you shoot great rounds from scrambling 100%. Right. And so that's I try to put myself in as many different circumstances as I possibly can mm-hmm. whenever I go somewhere new. And and that matters a lot more at somewhere like Jackson, where there's very little yep. out of bounds. And if you're off the fairway, like there are some scramble opportunities. Yep, exactly. Um, but then if you went to play somewhere where it's just out of bounds on every hole, like your scramble stat is going to yeah. suck, even yeah. if you did the best you could from there. It's hard <laughs> to get up and down when you go out of bounds yeah. nowadays. That's for sure. I'm Eric Oakley, and I listen to the Fish Golf Broadcast while I think about what I'm going to do for a Klondike bar. I'm Hannah Wynn, and I listen to the Fish Golf Broadcast while I am at a music festival. If you like where this show is headed, stick around for part two. We'll never barrage you with 11 minutes of droning external ads to start the show. So please support the Fish Golf Broadcast by visiting discgolfbra.com for hats and other apparel. Fish stamp discs are available at fishdiscgolf.com and daddydiscgolf.com, and you can save 10% on upperparkdiscgolf.com with the code ANDREW10 on backpacks and other items. And now, more lies and outrageous claims from our guest, met with calm reason by Fish. So you mentioned that uh, when... Bennett Park, that's right, yep. was being put in. You were recovering from sol- shoulder surgery. Uh, what had you done? I tore my labrum in pretty much half. So it's a, it's like the suction cup muscle that connects your shoulder to your arm, like your body to arm. Mm-hmm. It's right in the socket. It's just a muscle that lays in the socketing, holds everything nice and tight. It sounds important. It, it's... <sighs> It could have been a lot worse. It connects to like the rotator cuff and the bicep tendon and both of those things weren't torn. It just, I didn't even want to have surgery. I just, I went and played the match play championships and for sure made it worse. The first year it came out, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. And I played Ledgestone. My insurance is in Illinois, so I saw my doctor. Okay. And I think I recall playing with you at that event. Yeah, yeah. And... Anytime you had to throw even the smallest, softest forehand, you were just cringing in pain. Yeah, it was not good. Forehand's what caused pain. Backhand, I just couldn't get like a nice high follow through out of it. And so, then putts, there's as soon as I got to like right over my head, it felt like there was something stopping it. Wow. So I knew something was wrong. I was hoping the best. I was hoping that I would just go to the doctor. They'd be like, oh, yeah, do this and this. Take and, some rest. Yeah. And that's kind of what they did. I, I got a very good doctor in Illinois. I had an amazing team of physical therapists and I was just going to do physical therapy, maybe get stem cell shot or uh, I think it's PRP is a different one. But then I I went to physical therapy for two and a half months trying to get prepared to be able to play the match play. Something I really wanted to do. I felt Mm -hmm. like I earned it. I was in the top 16 in disc golf pro tour points. So I was like, I'm going out there. I'm playing it. And my body felt really good. I think it was the second it was my tee shot on hole two I threw and it was like two marbles hitting each other almost is what the sound was like. And oh my God. 
my whole hand was like you know when you uh, sleep on your arm or yeah, something just and like it just totally goes dead. Numb. It started going like dead on me, and I I knew that something wow. wasn't good. Did you try to play it out? I did. Yeah, okay. I lost pretty early to Nico in that one because it was match play only <laughs> right. nine holes, I think. Or yeah, maybe it was eighteen. I don't know. And, and twelve holes, I think. That year, if you couldn't throw big shots, oh yeah, it was, like forget about it. Man, right? I knew after that I was just trying to enjoy myself and smile to the camera and. It's try to have a good time because I knew what was in store after that. It's it's sometimes tough to do that when like you don't feel like you have anything left to play for. Sure, like, you're out yeah. there for pride and just like it's hard. Yeah. It's okay. Really tough. So you made the the tough choice to undergo surgery, and uh, how long was the recovery period for that? So three months before surgery of physical therapy, and then I did five and a half months of physical therapy after surgery starting the day after and all the way up until I went back on the road I joined the tour for Jonesboro was my first event last year so missing the first two months of the season essentially and then I played Jonesboro everything was kind of all right but I started noticing like my shots were way different my bag was completely different than it is like today I had my most overstable disc was a Raider. Which is like relatively flippy as distance drivers It's pretty go. flippy for a power thrower yeah. at least. It's um, it's my roller disc now. The exact <laughs> same ones that I was using as like my go-to driver, I use as my roller disc now. So uh, is that because you were generating less spin, less uh, speed, yeah, or just, just like different angle of release? Oh, everything. Everything. Everything felt different, and that's... I know we can get into this later, but this season, like a big problem of mine last year, I thought that maybe it was from the surgery that I can't get this extra reach back and everything's just a little slower. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was just all going to like continually build up because they said it takes up to a year after surgery to like to get the mobility, the 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 most mobility possible. And, you know, I think this year I'm still just trying shots that I used to be able to execute on a really high percentage and now i'm throwing just a little softer and less of the real snap out of my shots Mm -hmm. and the discs just are a little different than two years ago like a couple things here first i have no sympathy for you you still throw like a hundred feet further than i do (laughs) um but but second uh what's it what is it like to have to learn to trust your shots again or rediscover what it's like i'm going through it right now it's uh it's hard it's i'm like constantly looking for confidence in a shot after i throw it it almost feels like after you throw yeah so i I just i I don't know i'm trying to get that confidence back of i used to be able to hit a window that was two feet wide 50 feet down the fairway and like be excited for that shot and Uh now it's like oh because just so my doctor was surprised. He's a shoulder and hip surgeon, but he spe- specializes in shoulder throwing athletes, pretty much. Okay. I was the first disc golfer he worked with, but he was very shocked that when I could reach my arm back, he said it looked like I had like two and a half extra inches of shoulder movement than like most of his patients. So I could like get my shoulder 
like see where more it's extension. Right uh-huh. It could be like almost right here on the other side of my mouth. Uh, from for like context, he's, his shoulders are touching in front of his chin. Yeah, and it used to be able to be like <laughs> here. It was, I don't know. And now my shoulder's very tight, like not the actual muscles being tight, but like you can tell that somebody stitched it up and yeah. there's a there's a little piece of like high-grade rubber or something in there. It's not mm-hmm. metal, but and that's just permanently in there, and I think it's stopping me from really getting that extension i used to be able to get huh and it's that's my learning curve i thought that that would have disappeared by this year after mm-hmm. a good off season and it didn't so it's just what i'm stuck with and it's i still throw plenty far my sidearms feel awesome so it's just relearning that that gap yeah uh and i guess when, when you're not to call you a child when you're a child like you learn things really organically mm-hmm. you don't you don't think about your motions. You kind of just like imitate what you see and, uh, like learn by feel. Yep. And then as an adult, you've internalized all that stuff. So like, you know, you have the feel, but there's maybe a lot more conscious thought that goes into it. So you thinking, I don't have my full reach back that radiates. It's not just, it doesn't feel right, but you think it doesn't feel right. And therefore you're constantly monitoring that, right? You're constantly trying to change upon that. And it's, that's uh, been my mess of this season so far. Yeah. Sure. So are, are you still doing physical therapy? Uh, not actually going to physical therapy, but the same exercises yeah. that they gave me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you do your field work and try to, you know, relearn what your mechanics are supposed to feel like when you're going good, um, are, are there cues that you're using are you are you trying to like just tell yourself don't panic it'll all be fine i'll learn how to throw again in a way i've i've just started more recently that i've actually accepted the problem okay and i've been going into and just watching slow motion slow motion shots constantly are you comparing yourself to old you no, or just no, no, watching just yourself watching now? myself i feel like i understand the basics of a backhand throw and where things go off and yeah. where things can get a little out of rhythm causing left early releases or grip locks and yeah so a lot of that i've noticed that i like pulling my arm past so if you're looking at a clock Mm-hmm. I feel like this season and the end of last year, I've been pulling my disc back to like 10 o'clock a lot. Okay. When I used to, I feel like being like the one o'clock, 12 o'clock area. Okay. So, Interesting. And then meeting across my chest. And now I feel like I have a slight, like, uh, like you're pulling I'm around yourself almost a little, bit. a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm casting around myself. Okay. Um, so there's been a fair number of players on tour who are dealing with not the same shoulder injury, but have, you know, had forearm, wrist, ankle, yeah. uh, knee injuries and are having to like modify their own throws or, sure. or learn how to trust again. Yeah. Uh, ha- um, ha- having gone through this experience and being a little ahead of them, uh, what do you, what would you advise them? Take care of your body (laughs) because honestly, there's so many players out there that I have sneaky suspicions are at the early stages of my exact injury. There's 
two players I won't name names that literally between last year and this year have had the exact same problem. They have a torn labrum. And then there's players that I see their form is completely changed and it doesn't cause pain. When I tore mine, like uh-huh. when it started getting really bad and shredded like a piece of shredded cheese, yeah, that's when it started like hurting my sidearm. But at first it was just, it would mess up my sidearm form completely. It was completely out of whack. It, it, and it wasn't discomfort, but it was just it limited wasn't mobility? It wasn't even discomfort. It was strictly limited mobility. So wow. I think that a lot of people, I hate to say it, but I really truly do. I have a list of some guys that I truly think are injured right now and they just haven't figured it out yet. And we need a new Patreon tier where Gavin unveils his list of <laughs> people who are going to get hurt. Hey, um, I can only pray that they don't, but yeah, it does sure. seem like sometimes. I Probably six years ago, uh, I was stretching before a tournament and an older disc golfer uh, who was playing open at the time, still well, uh, said, quit doing that. I used to be able to roll out of bed, smoke a bowl and go to the first tee and, and still win. And it's like so much has changed about the tour where players are actually behaving like athletes. You have to. Um, so do you feel like, like what is the paradigm we should be seeking for shoulder health? Uh, whether you're thinking particular exercises or movements or other sports we should follow. Uh, I don't have the best advice for other sports, but I just know keeping a clean diet helps so much. Sugars, so terrible. The additives to some things, it just isn't going to help our muscles grow, especially the small muscles like the labrum. It's yeah. it's a tiny little muscle and it's so hard to exercise it because it's kind of just there while your other muscles like rotator cuff is huge it's giant our bicep tendon that connects everything it's it's a very strong muscle and so a lot of band work i noticed helps for getting the smaller muscles in our elbows and our shoulders engaging those before you start exactly yeah you had to oh man i in in climbing those stabilizing muscles are are so critical as well um and and I started thinking very critically about like, what are the dominant movements that I use when I'm throwing a forehand or using a backhand? Are you a climber? A little bit. That's you, very cool. You talk about I, climbing is like one thing I wish I could get into. My shoulders are so far past due. My left yeah. one's way worse than my right one. Are you going to get that one operated on as well? No, mm-hmm. no. I've dislocated it like 250 times in five years. Okay. Uh, let's put a pin in that real quick. Um, So I've started thinking about like, how do I get all of the stabilizing muscles, uh, not just my boat muscles, like to be strong and functional. Um, so I think that's something that I would hope disc golf strong or other workout programming will start to consider as we get like Um, more biometric data. I should give a shout out driven disc golf. It's, um, it's a disc golf app or not disc golf necessarily, but it's a fitness app. And it's one of my buddies in Illinois. He worked very closely with uh, physical therapists and doctors to make it, or I don't know the whole background, but it specializes in disc golf movements with like our important muscles and important movements that we make every single day. He's kind of developed it into a weekly 
workout routine. Neat. And that's available on various platforms? Yep. Yep. Everywhere. Cool. Um, well, check that out, Gavin. You can uh, share that on your social media Absolutely. and like make sure folks can find it. Um, 250 times dislocating your left shoulder in five years. Oh, man. I was a huge athlete growing up. So from the time I was three, I was wrestling. Yeah. By the time I could get into t-ball, I was playing t-ball. By the time I could play football, I was playing tackle football. And <laughs> and it continued all the way up until my my first day of sophomore year of high school. I had just barely learned what disc golf was. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Ian Brichette, actually, he was the one that was going out all the time. And he's like, oh, you should come out. And I was like, I'm not going out there. But I've go to wrestling practice and then I go to whatever play some real sports <laughs> not even <laughs> uh just at the time I was so deluded with what I was doing that it just wasn't an interest to me at all I didn't yeah. understand the the science behind disc golf I, I just thought just that no it appeal. was yeah no yeah. appeal and it was crazy I felt like it was like two weeks after I learned about disc golf I went to my first day of open mats for wrestling for my high school and we were just doing simple takedown drills, like weren't even really wrestling. It was just practice, and mm-hmm. and I had it was like a ankle pick or some type of trip, and I just had fallen backwards very softly on my left shoulder, and, and it was like touching my chin. Oh my god! It was so disgusting, and it just. So who popped it back in? Uh, I did. I was. It was very, uh, no, it wasn't manly. I was crying, dude. I was a sophomore in high school crying on the wrestling mat. And uh, and I, I didn't know exactly what was wrong with it. And I was on my back and I had rolled, I had rolled over a little bit and I ended up just rolling right onto my shoulder. Mm. So that motion of all my weight coming onto my shoulder is what originally put it back in. And I went to, it was so weird, dude. I went to my... um. So you have like student trainers, you know what I'm saying? I went Mm -hmm. like there first. I knew something was wrong. It had just hurt way too bad. (laughs) The noise, how it looked, everything just felt wrong. And I went there after I popped it back in and had some ice on it for like 30 minutes. And they were like touching around it. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't feel good. Like it hurts really, really bad. Oh, I don't think anything's wrong. Like this and that. So I went to the doctor and they're like, yeah, I think you just had... uh, uh, dislocated a little bit, did but it shouldn't be an rest? issue. Yeah, I did a lot of physical therapy, and it was like an option between. Uh, I think there was an option of surgery or like all this physical therapy, and then my doctor said something about like you're never going to be the wrestler you were before. Were you a really good wrestler? Uh, I wasn't incredible, but I felt like I was very good. I wanted to go to college for it, and okay. it was it was my thing. It was my escape for sure. What, what class were you wrestling? Uh, in high school, I think one, so it was 126, 130, 132, I think my freshman year, and then 150 Okay, was what it was going to be my sophomore year. And what are you right now? You, I'm like 175 pounds, okay. 178-ish. Gotcha. Um, so let's, uh, we should brainstorm. What other disc golfers do you think are in that weight class? Like who's oh. in, who's in the wrestling bracket? And where do you stand? I'll just say it right now. No way, anybody in my weight class is going to be me in wrestling on a tour. I don't think. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I gonna try out of weight I'm in, class. I'm in the same weight class, 
And uh, I think if I just like target his weaknesses that he's revealed, yeah, I got yeah. A shot. If you go for my shoulders, <laughs> but I don't think you'll be able to touch my shoulders. Okay, in so time. so that was the first time. Two hundred and forty nine. Okay, more. that's like, a that's a huge guess. But seriously, I have some awesome stories about it. So I was playing a tournament. I think I was in rec. Yeah, I think I was in the rec division like a year after this happened, mm-hmm. and I was playing a tournament at Shanahan Park in Illinois, and I threw a disc out of bounds into the water. It was just like a few feet in. Yeah. So I grabbed, I grabbed a tree and went to go and lean in to get it, and my shoulder dislocated, and I couldn't hold anymore. So I just fell right <laughs> into the water. <laughs> Finished the tournament, but. <laughs> Dude. So at this point, do you have just like the most elastic left shoulder joint and you can pop it back it's in yourself? It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Easily pop it in myself now. It's so much does, wider than it should be. Does it even hurt? No, hardly. It hurts for like, I'll probably like yell some curse words for yeah. about 15 seconds is what my girlfriend would probably say. Uh-huh. And and then after that, it's like, yeah. This is just the dumbest superpower. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't happened in a long time. So when I started doing physical therapy, mm-hmm. obviously any good physical therapist is going to look bilateral. Sure. Well, yeah. And they knew they knew. And so I was working with my left shoulder and like equilibrium, you know, so if you work on your right leg, you have to work on your left. Yep. One. And so I was doing a lot of that and my, my small muscles in there definitely got in way stronger wow. because it's probably only happened like one time since I finished physical therapy. I hope you take the right message that you should keep doing mm-hmm. that all of that hard oh, work. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, when when I had surgery, <laughs> it's a good one. So I had a sling on, and when I showered, I'd have to take the sling off and like, you know, I'd put some wrap over my scars and whatnot. But like, I I couldn't still move this like i would could only this was right after surgery so yeah. i could just like slowly put it to my side i was reaching up to change the the water yep. thing to like squirt it more at me and my left shoulder dislocated <laughs> and i was staying in my aunt's house completely like, helpless so i'm just helpless in there man. <laughs> like i couldn't get my left shoulder back in and my right one i can't move and i didn't i didn't know what to do man i had to call my aunt and or I forget who exactly helped me then, but yeah, it was it, it's so it was a very awkward and just weird thing. Oh man, bodies are so weird. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, until this conversation, I've almost forgot about how terrible my left shoulder is. Damn, I'm sorry to dredge up. Old no, it's stuff. okay. Um, okay, it's a good thing. It's like an accomplishment that it hasn't happened in so I, long. Yeah, I guess it's good to forget trauma. Um, all right. So, uh, right after this, we're going to go outside and we're going to wrestle. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, if you enjoyed the show, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at fish five, eight, three, two, zero. And if you hated the show and you need somebody to blame for it, Gavin, where are folks going to find you? <laughs> You'll find me on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it's Gavin T Rathbun on Instagram and it's just Gavin Rathbun on Facebook. All right. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. Shout out Dynamic Dis. Uh, shout out you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, you will. A literal audience of dozens are going to hear all of this <laughs> stuff. Hey, they're going to look back on this interview in like ten years when you're getting millions of views and oh wow, this is an underappreciated episode. Yeah, um, maybe this is the one that just catapults us hey, to cult status. There we or go. Uh, all right, thank you so much, Gavin. I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. 
That's all for this episode of the Fish Golf Broadcast. But be sure to check out previous episodes and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Check out Fish Golf Broadcast hats and other apparel at discgolfbra.com and badger your friends until they listen too. Join us next time as I goad yet another guest into starting a fight with another touring player, campsite host, or toll booth attendant on the Fish Golf Broadcast.